looks like I only have an hour left. That's a joke. But I just I want to I'm going to get right to this and go as quickly as I can. I believe there's some things that the Lord has laid on my heart. Father God, just anoint us today in everything that I say, every word that is spoken. Lord, let it be Your words and Your message for this house and for people that have an appointment today. Here to hear the word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so the sovereignty of God. In all of this time, some people still feel like it's that way. There's protest in the street. I mean, some people don't. Some people think now that we've, you know, with this election, that things have moved into a different realm. Well, here's the, here's the thing. No matter what, I said this last week, no matter what happened before Tuesday, no matter happens what next Tuesday, no matter what happens Years ago and years to come, God is sovereign. Okay, now that is a statement of de- declarative fact. He is sovereign. There's a story, I don't know how many of you are interested in history and things. The Civil War was something I always was interested in. I remember when I was in second grade, we did a field trip. We were living in North Carolina at the time. We did a field trip to Bentonville Battleground. And I remember going around with all the guys, and we were trying to find musket uh, bullets. Of course, we didn't, but we were, you know, digging around and trying to find things and got things in the in the store. And some of the kids picked to be, it was a different time back then, but some of the people picked to be, you know, Confederate soldiers. Some people picked to be Union soldiers. You could buy the hats in the little gift shop. And I remember it very clearly. And there's a story about a Civil War general, Thomas Jackson. And he, in a movie, uh, Gods and Generals, it was a place where he, he was really described showing his faith in this movie. And throughout the picture, his dependence on God was shown. And uh, it, but it was never any more striking than it was in July of 1861, prior to the first battle of Bull Run. So it's dawn. Jackson calls out to God asking for his will to be done. Things do not go well for the Confederate Army. Union forces quickly overpowered them and surrounded them and put them on the retreat. So now they're in a full retreat, and the brigades of the Confederate Army that had been routed by the Union at that point were going back to the next line of reinforcement, which was General Thomas Jackson's line. His brigade was there. Their morale was beat down. They were scared. They were on the run. The Union is advancing after them. They were disorganized. The fog of war, the chaos of it all, and and they were scared. But they got to his position, and someone yelled over all of this ensuing chaos and activity that was going on, yelled over and said, hey, look at General Jackson. Look at him. And what he was doing is he was sitting there on his horse, as the story goes, erecting his saddle, cannon explosions going all around. In fact, he was wounded in that battle in his hand by a a musket bullet. That, that struck him in the hand, and yet he was sitting on his horse, upright, erect, and very confident. And what it did is it inspired everyone, and one of the men said, hey, look at General Jackson. He's standing like a stone wall. Now, does everyone know who I'm speaking of? Stonewall Jackson, that name carried with him for the rest of his life. He's a Confederate general, best known as the, as the commander uh, after best known commander after General Robert E. Lee in the Confederate Army. So as he was on the battlefield after this devastating, really, loss that they incurred, 
he came out to inspect the losses that they had, and and uh, he found 111 Confederates dead, 373 missing. And, of course, he was very despondent about that. And he saw a dead soldier, and he was kneeling down beside this soldier. And one of his uh, captains asked him, General, how is it that you can keep so calm and stay utterly insensible with a storm of shells and bullets about your head? Now, that's a good question. I try to put myself in a situation. I was looking at this, and I, I tell you, I don't I certainly think I would react like that. Well, Jackson replied this, Captain Smith, my religious belief teaches me to feel as safe in battle as in bed. God has fixed the time for my death. I do not concern myself with that. But to always be ready whenever it may overtake me. If this was the way all men live, then all men would be equally brave. So Stonewall Jackson was declaring his belief that God ruled over even the finest details of his life, including the time when he would die. And even in spite of all of the things flying around him in battle, I believe the message that Stonewall Jackson was saying is, God is sovereign. He is sovereign, and I'm going to let him worry about that, and I'm going to do my thing. And basically, I think what he was also saying is that, you know, he's invincible until the time that God says it's over. That was what his belief was. So this morning, I want to talk a little bit, and and really from the standpoint, now, when we get into the sovereignty of God, there's so many areas you can go. This is not an intent to get into a deep theological uh, analysis of it. There are so many places you could discuss it. There are people that talk about the sovereignty of God, and not that they don't believe it, but how it is applied and what he does and how he does it. And it goes into arguments about, you know, Calvinism. There's so many areas. That's not what we're going to do today. Thank goodness, I'm sure you're saying. (laughs) We're not going to do I'm going to try to do the old acronym KISS. Has anyone ever heard of that? Keep it simple, stupid. So that works for me. But I, I do want to say this because I know that there's people say, oh, yeah, we believe God's sovereign. But today I want to encourage you and put some things before you that, to, to, to let you know why that is the case and things that we can grab onto completely and totally coming right out of the Word of God. So I'm going to encourage you, if you have anything to write with, a pen, a pencil, a paper, there's pens in there, write some of these verses down and go back home this afternoon or this evening or some point and, and as a, just look, up, look them up. And if you do it online, that's fine. Switch from verse to verse. If you're not looking in your Bible, and read these verses and really kind of internalize the things that I believe we want to share today with you about our God and who he is and what he's doing in this time. And as I spoke to someone today earlier before the service, totally did not know the topic of what I was going to speak about. They're asking me about, you know, I just can't get a hold of this. Con- I mean, I, it's hard for me to put my mind around the concept of where you know, that God has existed before time even began. I mean, and he's always been just so hard to get our arms around that. It is a difficult concept to get our arms around. I don't think we really can do that in our earthly minds, the way we look at things. But here's the thing. God is always been here, and time is not measured as we measure time. That was created by man. Dates, calendars. All of these things, that's man created, not God created. He doesn't operate on uh, January through December, 31 days in a month, 30 days in some months. He doesn't operate. That's man created. His timetable is not that. He always has been, always will be. Amen? 
Yeah, that's God. So, but there's some things that we just want to just dig into, and I want to just tell you some of the reasons that God's resume, if you will, God, what he brings to the table as to why he is sovereign and, and how we can plug into it. And not, as I was saying to, to, when I was sharing earlier this morning, it's not just a matter of believing and just saying, well, I don't understand how he was here before time. I don't understand all of this, but I'm just, you know, but I do believe God is sovereign. It's not just believing it. It's trusting it. Okay, say that with me. Trusting it. So I hope that today, if there's any gray area of trusting in and wholly trusting and committing to it and just and, and just absolutely embracing it 100% of God's sovereignty, I hope that you will leave here today with a different point of view of the bigness, if that's a word, the bigness of our God, how big he is and how he is not only sovereign, but he is so awesome in power that anything and everything in our lives can be trusted to him. So let's look. One thing is he existed before anything else. Again, what I was talking about before. So here's some of the verses I want to share. Psalm 90, verse 2. It says this, Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from the beginning... To the end, you are God. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth, from the beginning to the end, that basically is encompassing quite a lot, folks. You are God. 1 Timothy 6.16 says this, Who alone has immortality, who dwells in an unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. The one thing I want to say about this is that God has existed before anything else. When people say, well, how long did he exist before he created a Again, that's, you know, he is God. He, he doesn't, there are time, he is outside of the realm of time. But his eternal nature, this is really important to understand. His internal nature trumps, and I guess that could be, a, I don't know if that's a play on words. Maybe I should use another word. Um, his, his, uh, his eternal nature supersedes our finite world every single time. I will say that again. His eternal nature supersedes our finite world every single time. Now, our world that we live in is finite. Everything we do is finite. Our life is finite. There's a time we're going to be born, and there's a time that we're going to die. That's finite. There's a time, for instance, and again, I'm just going to use some examples that maybe aren't the best, but like when we get up and go to work in the morning, whenever time you go to work, you go to work, let's say you arrive at work at 9 a.m., and you're going to leave at 5 p.m., you know when you're there, there's a finite window of time that you're going to be at work, right? When you go to sleep at night, you know, and hopefully you will, <laughs> wake up in the morning, right? Your sleep time is a finite time. Time that we get to spend with family because they have other obligations or other things that they do. Young children, I thought about this as an example. I have two older children who are now out on the house, out of our house on their own. I have a young child who's, who's in our house now. The time that I get to spend with him in that environment of him being in our home and being like that because of the two older children that I have, that's finite. See, everything in our world 
that we're accustomed to and that we naturally do in this natural world is finite. And that's why it's important to understand that God existed before everything else and his eternal nature supersedes everything that we can imagine in our finite world every time. The next thing is he created all things. Okay? In John 1, 3, it says this. The Amplified Version says, All things were made and came into existence through him. And without him, not even one thing was made that has come into being. Now, just look at that just just for a moment. Read that to yourself. All things were made and came. All things made came into existence through him. And without him, not even one thing was made that has come into being. That's awesome. Colossians 1.16. This is two of my favorite verses Colossians 1, 16 and 17, but in 1, 16 it says, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. All things were created, heaven, earth, visible, invisible, this, that, the other, all things, all things were created through him, and for him. That's a sovereign God. This is all about him. That's why we always say something, well, it's not about us. It's not. It's about him and who he is. He's God. I love it when, I, when people say, well, he's God. He's God. It's like you don't really need to say much else. If you really understand this, if you really internalize this, if you embrace it and just believe it and trust it, that sovereignty, you can just say, yeah, he's God. That's it. That's all I need to know. He's God. That's what Stonewall Jackson did. Next thing is, so he's existed before anything. He created everything. And he sustains everything. He sustains everything in this world. And that's the next verse in Colossians 1.17. And he is before all things. So he is before everything that we know. He is before all things. And in him all things hold together. In him, all things hold together. If you look at that, what that would mean in the converse would be, let's put it like this, he's before all things, and without him, all things fall apart. See, if all things hold together, because of him, because he's before all things, because of his preeminence, his omnipotence, his omniscience, his omnipresence, the almighty God, if that's the case, then the other side of it, without him, it goes to complete anarchy. Everything falls apart. It's him and his sovereignty and all that he is that holds everything that we do every day in our lives together. All the economies of the world, all of the infrastructure of the world, everything, every place we can go on airplanes, everything else, it doesn't matter. All of that is held together by him. You need to know that and you need to trust that entirely. In Hebrews 1.3 it says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. 
all that is held together in this world and all things that are sustained in this world are done in what's contained between the covers of this book. Do you believe that? I need to hear you. Do you believe that? Inside this little book right here of 66 chapters contains everything that is holding this world together and sustaining everything that we do as we know it, that's the God we serve. That's the almighty God. That's sovereign God. Doesn't matter how chaotic it is. Doesn't matter how crazy an election cycle is. It doesn't matter if the economy goes into recession. It doesn't matter all the personal challenges we face. It doesn't matter because he is holding it all together and he is sustaining it by the power of his word. That's exciting. So he sustains all things. The language of the Bible is very clear. He uses that to hold it together from the smallest piece of matter, whatever that would be, an atom, to the expanse, the vast expanse of the universe and everything in between. Think about that. The smallest piece of matter to the expanse of the universe and all in between. He's holding all that together. The planets and their orbits, how far away we are from the sun, how we how the earth turns on its own axis. Do you think that's an accident? Does anybody in here think that's an accident? I see a hand. We're going to have to talk now. <laughs> it, it's all held together. That's what, that's what it's referring to, and that's the sovereignty of God. So he sustains all things, and he is above all things. See, God is not in the fray. He's above it all. He's above it all. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10 says this, Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. This is through the prophet Isaiah, the Lord is speaking. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, and what is yet to come. I say, my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. Now, the amplified version, there's something I want to talk about. So, Has anybody ever heard someone, either when it, maybe it's your child, maybe it's you, who's ever said, I'll do whatever I please? Anybody ever said that? Raise your hand if you have. Come on. I have. I think I said it yesterday. <laughs> I will do what I want to do. <laughs> I'll do as I please. Well, that's not what God's saying. God's not saying this in an arrogant or a boastful way at all. That's not what he means at all. It, what it is is that it's saying here that he will do all that he pleases. And in the Amplified Version, it really clarifies it. It says this, the bottom of the slide here. My purpose will be established, and I will do all that pleases me and fulfills my purpose. See, he's going to do all that he pleases, yes, to please him, but what pleases him is seeing the purpose and his will fulfilled. That's what pleases him, and it's not just for his pleasure, although that's what it is all about, absolutely. But it's because he wants to see the purpose fulfilled in your life. Krishan, he wants to see the purpose fulfilled in your life. That's what he wants. That's what he can do anything that he pleases to make that happen, guys. He can make that happen. 
because he is a sovereign God and it is his pleasure to fulfill his purpose and his plans, not only for his will, but for your life. Now that's for everyone in here. That's for Margaret and Patsy. That's for David, for Mariano and Paul and Stacy, and all the people who are here today. That's who it's for. He can do anything he pleases to fulfill the things that he wants to do in our lives. To make us all that we can be in him. To live in the fullness of joy and liberty and freedom and all of the things he wants for us. That's what pleases God. And because he is sovereign and because he is all-powerful in every way, and that's the reason I want you to, to look and just really dig into this scripture. It's not me saying this. This is right here. This is right here. This is for all of us. Because he can do that, he can fulfill all of these things in our lives if we will just trust him, be obedient, and sort of just step out of the way and let him work. Let him work. Boy, I can use that. That's for me, folks. Get out of the way and let him work. Let him do it. So he existed before everything. He created everything. He sustains everything. He's above everything. Are you guys staying with me here a little bit? Okay. I just want to make sure. Not limited in any way. Our God has no limits. He's not restrained by anything. He's not restrained by Congress. He's not restrained by politics. He's not restrained by legal systems or things that can happen. He is not, he is not, he is above all that. He sustains all things. He's above all things. And guess what else? He knows all things. Ooh. He knows all things. Yes. Psalm 139.4 says this. O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know in my thoughts. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. That's pretty all-encompassing. That's a sovereign God. So make no mistake. He's examined our heart. He knows everything. He knows when we sit down and when we stand up. Don't you wish that wasn't the case sometimes? Come on now. I know I do. But it isn't. But it's not because he's trying to put us in a corner and judge us or get any. He, he, wants, he wants us to have fullness. He wants us to have everything that he wants for us, and that is good. But it requires our obedience. Say that with me. It requires our obedience. Now that seems like just a few words, but contained in those few words is a lot of stuff. And it's up to us to do that. It's up to me to do that. It's up to you to do that. So he knows all things. And he can do whatever he pleases. We talked about that just a second ago. Psalm 135.6. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all deeps. So again, in heaven, in the depth of the sea, and on earth. 
So just try to draw that picture in your mind. To the heavens, well, that's, that, I don't think that ends. That's up there, right? The depths of the sea, there's a bottom of an ocean, and on the earth, everything. <laughs> he does what he pleases in every place in the heavens, the earth, and in the depths of the sea. And then Jeremiah 32, 27, it says thus, I am the Lord, good prophet Jeremiah says, I am the Lord, the God of all the peoples in the world. Is anything too hard for me? Does anybody know what a rhetorical question is? Well, if there ever was one, that's it. The answer is obvious. Is there anything too hard for him? The answer is no. <laughs> Nothing's too hard for him. And if nothing's too hard for him, we've just got to let him do that work in our lives because whatever the need is, his sovereignty, his power, his authority over everything that has been, that is, and that will be can meet every need in our lives. Every single one is anything too hard for him. And the other thing it says there, he is the Lord, the God of all the peoples in the world. That means every Muslim, every Hindu, every Buddhist, every atheist, every Baptist. No, not Baptist. <laughs> scratch that off. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm having fun. I hope everyone knows that. I'm, I'm kidding. Love Baptist. No, but everyone. Every, it doesn't matter what we're, every Wiccan. Every Satan, Satanist, it doesn't matter. You see, he is the ruler of all. The God we serve, the God we came to worship today, the God we lifted his name up today and brought his name into being lifted in this house is the God we serve, and he is the ruler over all. It doesn't matter if you read the Quran. It doesn't matter if you read the Book of Mormon. It does not matter. He is the ruler of all. That's it. He is. It's important to know that. It's not only just important to know it, but again, to trust it and believe it and to live our lives and to walk every day in that truth. That truth that he is ruler over all the peoples. And as we all know, the word of God says too, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Not some, not a few, not some of the ones, well, no, you guys did that. That's okay, we're going to exclude you. No, every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that he is Lord. Because he is the ruler of all the peoples. He's the God of all the peoples, no matter what. And thank God he brought us into that wonderful light as we are here today, as I believe most, if not all, and hopefully all are. That that's the God we serve. Amen. That we made the right choice because of him bringing his son Jesus Christ into this world and us making a decision. And as the word of God says, if we believe it in our heart and declare it with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he was raised from the dead, that we are saved. We are saved by his power. And he is the God of all the peoples. Is anything too hard for him? No, it isn't. If we trust him and if we let him do the work. So he 
knows all things. He can do whatever he pleases. He's in control of all things. Let me tell you something. Again, back to this, it doesn't matter. It's great. I mean, you know, I hope everything goes well. I would hope everything goes well no matter who got elected. But let me tell you something. He's in control of everything. He's in control of it all. In Proverbs 21.1 here, it says this. The king's heart is like the channels of water in the hand, is, is like channels of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it to whichever way. It's like I think if you had water running through me, and I can just turn it, and I can say, well, I want the water to go over there. I don't want the water to go over there. It's like, it's like channels of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it whichever way he wishes. Make no mistake. He controls the choices of the leaders of the world. He does. That's him. He's sovereign. He also controls the course of human events. So if you look at the rulers, let's say Vladimir Putin, Assad, Kim Jong-un, you know, uh, Castro, other bad actors in this world, whoever they are, the ones that rattle their sabers every once in a while, try to say, look at me, look at me, we're important, we're powerful. He's got control over all those guys. Every single one of them. They don't move or do anything without him approving it. That's how it works. And if it is something that's done, it's done because he's got something in mind that's working to fulfill his purpose and his plan and his will, whatever that might be. And whatever that is, that's good enough for me. You need to ask yourself today, is that good enough for you? Even when it takes you places you don't want to go, even when it makes you uncomfortable sometimes, even though there might be times when you have to go through difficulties and and, and trials, are you wanting to be in the place where God wants you to be? Do you want His will fulfilled in your life, or do you want your will fulfilled in your life? Which is it? That's the question, the tough question we have to ask ourselves. Because what we want to do to be able to embrace and trust and just let God work in the sovereignty that he has over everything that we're describing here today is to want his will and only that and everything else is meaningless. You know, that's not easy to do. I'm not saying, well, just do that. (laughs) No, that's not easy to do. That's difficult to do. But again... He controls it all. Psalm 33, 9 through 11. For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. The Lord Lord foils the plans of the nation. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. So no matter what nations come against us or revelation, we come against them or whatever it is, all of these things, and there's a lot of uncertainty in the world. And I'm not saying let's don't pay attention to it and say it's not, we don't need to be aware of it and be engaged in it in some way. But ultimately, when it boils right down to it, the Lord foils the plans of the nations. So he's going to foil the plans that aren't according to what he wants to have happen, when he wants to have it happen. That's it. There's no nation, there's no power, there's no ISIS, there's no Russia, there's no anything that can come against the will of God, unless he approves it. He's sovereign in the chaos. That's what he is. 
So he can do whatever he pleases. He knows all things. He's in control of all things. He existed before everything else. He's above everything else. He sustains all things. This is why Stonewall Jackson believed what he believed. He believed that no matter what, I'm going to do my thing, probably as smartly and correctly as he can. I don't think he was doing it foolishly. But in his heart, he just said, look, whatever happens is going to happen because God's in control. It's not because he just said that because that's just what he believed. He said it because he believed God was in control. And he was going to do his thing. And when his time was there, his time was there. He just, and that's what I'm saying. Not to put too much emphasis on that story. It's just an illustration. But that's what I'm saying. Just in the midst of all of the bombs exploding around us in our lives, in the midst of the bullets that are flying by us, and whatever those challenges and whatever those issues might be, no matter what it is, you can trust in the sovereign God. You can trust him with everything because to say he's sovereign is to say he is unrivaled in majesty. He is unlimited in power. He is unlimited in knowledge. He is unaffected by anything by besides what he wants to do. He lives and operates outside of time. He's not, he's not motivated by the calendars that our people have uh, put in place here. He's completely free to do what he wants, anywhere he wants, in every single detail, be it a small one or a large one, no matter what it is, without interference from anyone. That's what a sovereign God is. That's who we believe in. So now try to let that sink in for a moment. So when we go and see someone who's a loved one or a friend or a family member or whatever, church family member, who's in the hospital, and you're like saying, why why did this happen to them? Whatever the circumstances are. Guess what, Larry? Guess what, Barbara Ann? Guess what? He's in control. He's got a plan, and he's working that. And we can trust that wholly because his word and the power of his word and what is contained in his word says we can because he is all these things we've talked about and more. So if you're lonely or depressed, he's in control. He's sovereign then. When you're happy and everything's going great, he's sovereign then too. If the economy goes into recession or it goes into a huge time of prosperity, which I hope that it does, but if it doesn't, guess what? No matter where it is, He's sovereign. He's on the throne. He's in control. He's working all things for his good to them that love him. And the reason that that's important is because he can't make a promise like that if he's not God Almighty. He can't break a promise like Romans 8.28, if you could put that up for me. You can't make a promise like this, this verse we all know, and we know that for those who love God, we all love God, right? Okay? For those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Now, somebody asked me one time, well, called, does that mean you have to be a preacher? You're called? No. What that means is called into pursuing the purpose and the plan that he wants for your life. That's how you're living. That's what you're doing. That's how you're executing your steps each and every day, that you're trying to move towards his purpose and his plan, and you're called to doing that. But for them who have got all things that we've talked about, and by the way, if you go back and look at these verses again, all things he's in control of, all things he created them, all things he is above them, all things he sustains this, he holds it all together. 
everything that we've talked about today is in a promise there that he could not keep if he wasn't sovereign God. He is. It's like he told Moses, I am that I am. What kind of an explanation is that? (laughs) I am that I am? Yeah, that's it. He is. He's God. I'm going to wrap up here. I'm sorry we're a little longer today, but listen, there's a song we sing sometimes, and I didn't even think about it until last night. It just came into my, my heart. You are God alone. Remember that? You are God alone. I wish you had time to have sung it then. It's okay. You are God alone. From before time began, you were on your throne. You are God alone. If you know the word, sing it. And right now, in the good times and bad, you are on the throne. Because you are God alone. And then it goes on to say, so it doesn't matter. Before time began, you were on the throne. You're God alone. Right now, good times, bad times, you're on the throne. You're God alone. You're the only God whose power none can contend. You're the only God whose name and praise will never end. Who's worthy of everything we can give. You are God, and that's just the way it is. That's what the song says. And that's just the way it is. Hallelujah. That's what we can believe in and that truth and walk in and live our lives that way. But guess what? Somebody says, well, what are you doing? Why are you so happy? Are you a Christian? I mean, what's going on with you? Well, I, you know, I just trust in the almighty sovereign God, and that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. Unshakable, unstoppable, immovable. Uh, that's what you are, the song says. Before time began, you were on your throne. And in the good times and bad, you are on your throne. And he is on his throne, unchangeable, unshakable, unstoppable, immovable. That's what he is. And to his glory, to his glory, we declare today, that as this house, we believe in a sovereign God. We believe that you are in control of all things. You created all things. You sustain all things. You hold it all together for us. And everything that we face, no matter what it is, or no matter how difficult the challenge, or no matter how, how much the enemy comes against you to try to rob you and harm you and steal from you and try to kill you and destroy you, it doesn't matter because he's sovereign God and he's above it all and he is controlling the shots and he's calling it out for us to follow him in his purpose, in his will for our lives. And if we would just get out of the way and let him do it, it's just the way it is. He's got the answers. He's got the answers for me. And he's got the answers for you. Because it's just the way it is. He's got that sovereignty. We can talk about all the rest of it. There's a lot of things you can say, well, that's not exactly right, or, well, you left out this. Okay. That's just the way it is. (laughs) Because he is sovereign, and I know I can trust him because he's above it all. He's above it all. He created it all. It's all for his purpose and his glory. Everything he sustained it all. He holds it all together. So I'm going to trust him, and I'm not going to worry about what anybody else says because that's just the way it is. 
times today not realizing that our God is a big God. Don't reduce him to the size of your problems. Whoever's facing problems today, there's probably each and every one of us in some way, shape, or form. Don't reduce him to the size of that problem because he's above it all. Please. Okay. I'm going to quit now. Sorry. We went a little long on the earlier part. I appreciate your indulgence. I was going to cut some of it short. But here's what I want to do. Just stand with me, please, if you would.